Oh, 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 it sounds good. Am I loud enough? Am I in a tunnel? Is Liz in a tunnel? And s- Hello, yes? Alison, please talk. Keep talking infinitely. Don't stop talking. Keep talking and nobody explodes. Yes. <laughs> it is quite hypnotic, actually. <laughs> Don't. Octothorpe AS- ASMR channel coming soon. Repetition. Um, well done. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, wonderful. Um, Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very 81st episode of Octothorpe, the podcast for science fiction and science fiction fandom, which is coming to you on the 13th of April 2023, but also live from EasterCon. I'm John Coxon. I'm Alison Scott. And I'm Liz Batty. And Alison is a giant head to my left and to my right. I mean, in general. So I've come along virtually to join this panel because... I was feeling completely fine uh, when I went to bed last night, um, which was about, I don't know, quarter to five in the morning. And then I woke up at about eight o'clock and thought, I feel just a tiny bit snuffly. So I am a tiny bit snuffly person with a positive COVID test and I'm in my room. I've been having quite a good time um, this morning, despite being in my room. But, and, and Green Room, props to Green Room, who have brought me a pint of porter. Yes. Hey. So we all have matching drinks. Um, so we have a stunt, Alison, uh, which Liz procured at the Fan Fund auction, uh, which we have here to represent Alison in her absence. Um, and for Alison... Are you suggesting I'm round? No, we're <laughs> suggesting you're short. <laughs> it's completely different. BB-8's pretty round, right? And short. Yes, for the, the benefit of audio listeners... Um, Yes. It is Oleg the Meerkat in a BB-8 costume, which is apparently Star Wars tap that John donated to the Fan Fund auction, and then I bought it from the Fan Fund auction. Yes. Which may be the only time Star Wars tap has ever gone in that direction. So Liz... Uh, it's Liz, really cute. Liz purchased it and, um, and then remarked, scandalised later in the bar, that he is naked under his BB-8 costume. So, you know... I mean, I don't know what I expected. It's a meerkat. Yes. Um, You're not suggesting it's an anatomically correct meerkat, are you? Uh, no, no one was suggesting that. Oh, um, he's, naked under his, he's naked under his BB-8 suit. And we, we, yes, we had a good time at the Fan Fund auction. We sold some Adrian Tchaikovsky books for like £280, James Shields, um, who is in the audience looking very happy with himself. Uh, and that was very good. And I purchased a copy of... All These Worlds, Reviews and Essays by Neil Harrison, which came with a free 1,000-word review that I can we can make. Hog and I went halves on our bid, and we can make Neil write, write a review that is 1,000 words of anything we want. And so we broke the news to him on the third row panel as to what it was he would be reviewing. So uh, I recommend Ooh. looking at that on catch-up if, if you haven't seen it. But um, when the review is written, uh, we will doubtless talk about it on the pod. Are we going to talk a little bit about Neil Harrison and his book and him being guest of honour? Neil Harrison is guest of honour. He is guest of honour. I mean, that is 
one reason why I'm here. Not the only reason, but it made it an easier decision to come back because he's the guest of honour. He has written a book, which we have plugged a couple of times. We'll plug again. We've plugged all potential options through this convention. Uh, it's a very good book of reviews and essays. It's also very green. Extremely green. Mm. It's a very, it's, I do like the design. Yeah. And he signed my copy uh, to John, despite shenanigans. <laughs> so. Which shenanigans specifically? I didn't ask. <laughs> I, I left it as an exercise to the reader. We also have other guests of honour at this convention. So we have a guest of honour in the audience, Carrie Sparing. Give Carrie Woo! a round of applause. Um, I also have all but one of Carrie's books signed by Carrie because I asked how you acquired them and I just got a large box in the post the week after I asked with a books in, but they're also very good. I've picked them on this very podcast. Uh, you have. You know who else's books we have picked on this very podcast? No, whose books have Adrian we picked on this very podcast? Guest of honour, Adrian Tchaikovsky. Yes. <laughs> Who John interviewed yes. yesterday. Yesterday? I did, yesterday. Yeah. It's been a long... Yeah. A long weekend. Um, so the convention didn't put me on the programme at any point, so I was a little bit worried that maybe it was all just a giant prank, so I didn't advertise it on the previous episode of Octothorpe. Um, but again, if you're listening to this, uh, and hopefully the catch-up streams will still be up, uh, for a while, uh, you can go and watch Mind View with Adrian, which I think went very well. He is very interesting, and we did briefly discuss what a popular workers' uprising in the Mushroom Kingdom would look like. Um, so if that interests you, that's a good interview to, to go and watch on Catch-Up. And I have a Zen Cho book here. Zen Cho being another guest of honour of this convention? Yes. And such a good reader. I went to her reading and it was extremely good, but she um, read from Blackwater's sister in her Guess What I interview and she very kindly gave me the copy she read from and signed it afterwards. So, um, yes, it's been, a, it's been a... I now have signed books by all the guests of honour. Hurrah. All the guests of honour? What about the virtual ones? Oh, no. No, I don't have... But they... I mean, I suppose they could virtually sign, but I don't know if there's a pen that goes across the Atlantic. Post them a pen. <laughs> Hey, I'm sort of waiting for Alison to say things. She's being uncharacteristically quiet, I guess, because she well, can't really... I was just waiting for the two of you to let me get a word in edgeways, and I was also going, not... oh, virtual people don't oh. count, right? It's not normally how it works. You don't normally wait to get a word in edgeways. <laughs> no. That is, I think, it makes sense because you're on Zoom and, like, the timings are a bit more difficult, but there is definitely a sense where we very rarely need to wait for Alison to chime in, and we might have to adjust our normal podcasting style. Mm. Um, I'm on a, because it's like a panel format I'm very conscious of the people in the room who probably don't want to hear me interrupt you all the time right you do know they listen to Octothorpe <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, a certain, there's a certain expectation of format I think um, they may not all listen to Octothorpe yeah. I, don't, I can't give see me, give me a show of hands who doesn't listen to Octothorpe okay, so did you hear that massive crash no, no. Okay, fine. Somebody is in this room, and I said to the somebody who was in this room, if you stay in this room during Oxford, you have to be very, very quiet. So they've just flung and a why, And why exactly door. is Adrian Tchaikovsky in your room, Alison? It's <laughs> not Adrian. What's saying who it is? It's, by show of hands, who here does not listen to Octothorpe? I'm so sorry. Um, this will make... I mean, this is... It's like, you know, I came into Lois McMaster Bejold, um books with Cryoburn, which was quite 
away towards the end of the series. <laughs> <laughs> you, you nearly did a swear word. I, I, I nearly did a swear. Well, it was nominated for the Hugo, so I read it and I was like, that was very good. And then it turns out there were loads of others. Yeah. Like loads. But yes, um, this is the 81st installment of this um, hot mess. And yeah, this is, I mean, it's probably a bit more organized when you've heard the edited it, version. I think it's not normally quite such a hot mess as it has been this time. Yeah, I so blame. I think that's part of the point. I mean, we love tech. Thank you very much. Only 37 minutes. <laughs> well, no, but we are very uh, awkward. They were like, oh, I, pavilion, pavilion sounds great. Oh, oh. But this is the room that, this is a good room. And I, I very it's much like room. the cabaret seating. I very much like that tech, um, instead of doing their usual tech setup, which works for uh, in, in the audio of every other uh, item at the convention, for us does like an eight track record and gives us like all the separate things, which which they could, and, and I think it would be quite justified, tell us where to stick that, and they don't. And that's very nice. I am them. on the committee. So if we could have a round of applause for tech, that would be lovely. Yes. <laughs> It'd be great this weekend, right? I mean, because I think the fan funds auction is also an incredibly difficult. The fan setup. funds auction worked really well. So it was like there was a Zoom yeah. component and there was like an in-person component, and um, and I won a thing and I ate a marshmallow and and this. I got taught to do tech. So I've now learned the most. So there's this theory. One of the theories that tech had coming into this convention is that one of the reasons that pe- people don't volunteer for tech is that they think that the basic in-room tech do- job where you mod- where you do sound and picture and things is too hard. And JT said to me last night, right, Alison, sit here. You need to move this lever because Doug is a bit louder than John. So you need to move this lever a little bit down every time John speaks. And you need to leave it a little bit back or a little bit up every time John speaks, a little bit back down every time Doug speaks. Apart from the fact that I moved the wrong lever on multiple occasions and had to try to guess where they, where they were. That went pretty well. And then, they said, and then he said, so you see these two buttons. This was on a stream deck. Now, long-time listeners of um, Watchthought will know that John has a stream deck. I used to. See these two buttons. If you press this one, which says Zoom on it, you will get the Zoom feed on the screen. And if you press this one, which says PowerPoint on it, you will get the catalogue on the screen. And you just keep switching between those two when Zoom bidders bid. And I just did that. And it's amazing. And now I'm a tech gopher. I'm so excited. I've got groats. It was a lot of fun. I'm going to do tech for JT in the future because I'll tell you, it's a lot easier than being on the committee. <laughs> that make yes, that makes sense. Um, but no, it was it worked very well. I think. What was your what was your favourite program item you went to, Liz? Oh, what is my favourite program item? I I think. And this surprised me, actually, that my favourite programme item was the 9am panel item on... Sorry, I'll sit closer to the microphone. Uh, Overshoots and the Anthropocene, which was uh, a panel sparked by an essay by Neil Harrison, guest runner at this convention, writer of All These Worlds, reviews and essays. Sparking off an essay he wrote about the concept of the overshoot novel and how this is intertwined with, you know, more and more work dealing with climate change, the Anthropocene. And he had uh, a very, very uh, intelligent panel of Abigail Nussbaum, Nick Cobble, and uh, Nina Allen to discuss it. Anyway, it was a brilliant panel um, because it basically took a very kind of... It wasn't broad and let's discuss everything. You know, it wasn't like let's discuss climate change fiction, let's discuss all of this. It was like very specifically how does this particular kind of structure of 
novels and other works have the effect that it does and you know how does this intertwine with uh you know the narratives of place the characters in the books basically it was just a really interesting like 75 minute deep academic discussion of science fiction and i really enjoyed it i think there should be more panel items like that um but we might need to maybe clone some of the panelists fair enough alison did you get too much program uh, no I went to the fan funds auction and um, and one of the things about the fan funds, somebody has just said in chat, um, if Alison does tech, does that mean we'll never see her again? And I was like, oh, no, maybe, because I, it didn't look like we had any, volunteer, had any auction years for the, um, for the fan funds auction. So, I mean, we had done, but I was saying, I'll auction, but then it looked like I was doing tech, so we put John into auction and I went back to do tech and then after about half an hour, John was like, you need to auction the next item after this so I can have, go and have a pee. And so I had to get Mark Plummer in to do the sound so that I could run to the front and auction an item and then run back again. So, no, I don't think you'd stop seeing me if I was on the sound. Yeah, I would be a very different head of tech, I think, it's fair to say. <laughs> JT's, because JT's like, oh, but I have 20 years of professional experience. And I, I'm like, I don't have any of that stuff, but I have a lot of chutzpah. <laughs> I think my favourite item, can I pick one I was on? <laughs> Liz is making a face. <laughs> so, if it's not one I was, was that on, that's an interjection from the room that I couldn't hear. Could somebody repeat the joke for the benefit of the other member of the Oxford podcast? It was not was... an interjection from the room. It was my face. Yes. <laughs> I can't, Just I imagine, can't imagine see. Liz's face, and then imagine it's un, unapproving and directed at me. Which, to be fair, shouldn't require much imagination. No, it does not. Require this being a lot episode of eighty-one. So I think the one, sorry, I really did enjoy the third row panel because we just made Neil very awkward and it was very funny. But I did also very much enjoy the Zentro interview, which was very, very interesting. Uh, and I went to a reading. I very rarely go to readings at Easter Cons, um, but I went to a reading, which was also very lovely. So the program's been very good, I think. I, I have, so one of the things about being on the committee for an Easter Con, for, is there anyone in the audience who's not been on the committee for an Easter Con? Yes. Yes. I can't see the audience. Loads of people. Loads of people. So the thing about being on the committee is that you just really run around all of the time. I I was doing comms lead and I carefully organised my job so that every single bit of it could be done virtually. All I needed was my iPad and a a, a beer. And then I could just work wherever I happened to be. And nevertheless, I I was kind of working all of the time. So it was was kind of... And I had brilliant... I should say, I had four area heads in my four areas, and they all did their jobs fantastically well. And I didn't necessarily need to do all of that, but nevertheless, you find yourself being very busy all the time. So I haven't really seen programme, but I'll... I'll, And then by about lunchtime on Friday, I was saying, oh, that looks really good, but I'll catch it on catch-up. I mean, this is one of these... This is like... Your, your your dog has gone to a happy field to play in happy fields lie comforting lie that we tell ourselves because we've got catch up and i i have a list of about 35 items i really want to see on catch up i'm not sure it's gonna happen you know i might see one or two but you're on the committee surely you're in charge of determining how long things stay on catch up i personally okay so i think i've, I've been told we can now say till the end of the month we think uh um, exclusive yeah, no, I, I think they told me this morning, I think, that, there's def- that we can now say it's a problem. We can't, there's a kind of not definitely about it because there's a piece of work to be done that, that may not be very easy to do immediately after a convention. That needs to be done. I, they explained, they've explained it to me a couple of times. The intention is that you'll have until the end of April. 
Okay. Um, that's good. I, I, I don't think that's like an official pronouncement yet. So we've been saying all weekend at least a few days. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't... I mean, they could have, be exist on catch-up till the end of time, and I would never catch up everything because you get... You go away and then... But I'm expecting to have a few days just lying around not doing very much over the next few days, so I might get to see more catch-up than usual. No, I want to watch the I want to watch the Andor panel. I missed that because I was at a conflicting item. And I want to watch the Overshoot panel. I want to watch Desert Island Books. I want to watch well, there's loads so I want to watch. I want to watch Carrie's session, which I was uh, conflicted with. I can't remember why because uh, I did not I did not spend Friday at the Easter Con, so I missed all of Friday. And what I, were you doing, John? I was at Star Wars Celebration, running around like a giant nerd, and it was great. And Have I, you, were you wearing cosplay? Have you got a picture of your cosplay for the chat? Um, yes, probably somewhere. I might do that in a minute when I'm not talking so that I can not try and do two things at once. Because whenever I try and do two things at once on the podcast, it goes badly and then I edit it out. But I can't edit it out when it's live. Yeah, sometimes there'll be a pause. It's just like, oh, John's gone to look something up, hasn't he? Yep. And he's not a multitasker. Nope. I'm a single track man. You want some more um, exclusives? The first 10 items of the convention are now available on catch-up. Yes, James Shields posted it in the... um, I think he announced it in the chat for this podcast, which is, I mean, it's very good. Um, It was JT, wasn't it, rather than James Shields? I thought, oh, maybe. Oh, I don't know. Oh, no, maybe James. Anyway, end of month confirmed for catch-up, and we've got some items live. Yeah, so so you will be... I would say the programme's been so amazing at this convention and the streaming's been so amazing that we normally at conventions you get com- endless complaints if the catch-up isn't available very quickly. And for this convention, we have not had any. And the reason for that is that the programme's so good that there's always something that people want to be watching right now or scrolling back to see from the same day. Nobody's like, oh, no, it's, it's tragic that I can't see something from yesterday. Or if they are saying that, they are not saying it on the Discord or, or social media. Hmm. And if they're not saying it on Discord or social media, are they really saying it at all? Uh, I was going to say, we also had the BSFA Awards, which I think we announced, we noted when they, the nominations were announced. Um, yes. But the winners were Unraveler by Francis Harding for Best Book for Young Readers, Aliette de Bodard for Best Short Fiction, Best Nonfiction was Terry Pratchett, A Life with Footnotes by Rob Wilkins, uh, Best Artist was Alyssa Winans for Red Scholar's Wake, and Best Novel was City of Last Chances by Adrian Tchaikovsky, who is also a guest runner at this convention. So that, I assume, was very, very nice for him to win midway through the convention. Yes. And I now need to go and read City of Last Chances being one of the Tchaikovsky novels of this year that I have not got to. Have you read the other three? Uh, no, I've read one. Which one did you read? Uh, the final architecture one, uh, Eyes of the Void. Ah, okay. And I've got children's memory on my to-be-read list, but otherwise, like, 10% of my reading could be fulfilled entirely through Agent Tchaikovsky novels, and I feel there's, like, an upper limit. Um, yes. And I'm probably not going to read the Warhammer one. Sad. Have a Warhammer erasure from me. I've read half of City of Last Chances, uh, which is very good. Um, I, was, I was asked to interview Adrian, must have been two or three weeks ago, and um, he has quite an extensive bibliography, and so I read as widely as I could in the time I had. But yes, it is very good. I have not read any of the others. I'm assuming that the Rob Wilkins will be on the Hugo ballot, uh, mm-hmm. so I do need to read that. Um, and I, Well, I need to read all of them, because they all look good. They're all good award winners, Brent. Um, 
But yes, hurrah. Congratulations to all the winners. Yeah, un- <clears throat> Unraveler by Francis Harding is very good, as are basically all Francis Harding novels. Mm. And at some point you will discover what John and Alison thought of the Francis Harding novel I made them read. Um, mm. Foreshadowing. Um, and I assume that will also be on the Lodestar ballot this year or close to. Possibly, possibly. Yes. It arrived from the library on Thursday. After I'd arrived at the convention, I got the ping saying, you have Unravel, Unraveler, is it? On your Kindle to read, on your Kobo to read. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to a day when I get to read books again, which might be quite soon because I'm planning to spend some time holed up not doing very much over the next few days. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's, that's actually, that's not a bad shout. And then there was an Easter Combit session. Yeah, I didn't go to that. I, I sort of went to the end because I was on, there was something else. There's a lot of clashes at this convention. It's been slightly... I mean, I think that is part of the having 90-minute slots is that you end up with slightly fewer slots and slightly more clashes. Yes. But there have been, there have been quite a lot of times where it's like, I want to go to three things in this slot, and then the next slot, I don't necessarily want to go to any of them. But I guess that's... that's means I get to eat. Eating good. It is good. Um, but yes, the bid session. It was good. Uh, Belfast is going to be the site of the 2025 EasterCon. The registrations are up. I'm a member. I did like the spoof. I wasn't there for the spoof. I heard... Okay, so there was a spoof bid from Catastrophe, Space Leopards Will Eat Your Face, um, which I believe to have something to do with FunCon, who I think I'd like to plug because I'm definitely going to FunCon. And I want to say that it's... In, the, in like that awful, like the Shepperton Road House or the stage in, in Leicester. But I'm not sure it is. I think it might be somewhere else. But I, I'm um, really looking forward to Funcon 1 next year. And they did a, quite a funny bid where the premise of the bid was that they were going to hold the convention in Ikea and they were going to have a very large number of space leopards, which will probably not eat your face. And it was pretty funny. And they did not win, but they came quite close. Funkin is in Buxton. It is in the Palace Hotel Buxton, which um, regular regular listeners will know is the site of Novacon. And so that actually makes me like it even more because I love the Palace Hotel Buxton because it is one of these grand old hotels that is monumentally shabby but has a lot of sofas, which is very much what I like in a hotel. It would be nice if there was more than one train to Buxton. There is more than one train to Buxton. There's a train every couple of hours. But there, it is only one of them. It just goes, <laughs> it goes back and forth between Buxton and, and Sheffield. I don't well, know. I'm pretty Sheffield sure it's one it? track. So I assume it does genuinely go backwards and forwards. Yeah, I, I think it's one of these trains where the driver holds a key and has to hand it to the <laughs> Yeah, halfway down the track. But yes, no, should be good. Have you bought your Belfast membership, Alison and Liz? So I have bought a Belfast membership, but I wish to be the non-fun one on the podcast and say I have almost no tolerance for spoof bids because unless they're incredibly funny and take like two minutes, most of the time I'm just like, you are taking up time at the bid session, which is generally pretty long. And usually what I want to do is do the bid session and go and watch some other program. So I didn't, I mean, I did not see the FunCon one, so it it, it may have been absolutely great, but really you should be like... Two minutes, and but then you're off. They were a little bit longer than two minutes. They could have typed them up a little bit. Pretty funny, and they had a good presentation. And um, and they were good. In, it's good in the questions, because it takes some of the tension off the questions. Because you get to, you, you, you'll ask the convention, you'll ask a serious question to, to Belfast, and then you'll ask a silly question. And also, Tommy and James did a, a bit of a bit where they were kind of like, oh, yeah, we can't compete. We're just going to. We're just going to give up. Well done, fun. Well done, fun. Oh, catastrophe. I hope it's a great Easter card. That's, that's pretty funny. 
and there are guests. They're going to have oh, they're guests. fantastic guests. I parti- so, I, I'm going to start with I'm, the end first because Ian McDonald, who I've spent quite a lot of time with in the bar with um, this weekend and also last weekend at Corflu, Ian McDonald is their bar guest of honour, which I just... <laughs> yes, so it's interesting. It's amazing. So, and this actually, I was going to leave this to last, uh, but he's the first person to be an EastCon guest of honour three times. Some people oh, get very cross about repeat EastCon guests of honour. Um, oh, but I, I think probably that. it works. I'm still very excited because he's a lovely bloke. And he's so much fun in the bar. No, I think I think and like I think um, I was talking to James Bacon and he very reasonably said it would have been weird to have the uh, Belfast East Con and not have him involved in some big way. So um, so that seems fair. The other guests are Lauren Ducas, Derek Landy, Jeanette Ng, Rebecca Rowanhorse, and William Simpson, uh, which is a very good slate. Uh, I'm particularly excited about Rebecca Rowanhorse because she wrote a Star Wars novel. So that's pretty good. And also other things that were nominated for awards and stuff, but mostly Star Wars. Yeah. But I mean, they could have, um, so they could have, we've got the name Toastmaster that the world cons use, that they could have actually used, they could have found a way to say, oh no, we're not giving Ian a third bite at the cherry, no matter how. Because he actually has that combination of being an incredibly brilliant writer who is also hilariously fun and a really nice guy. And this is why people keep having him back. You can't blame them, can you? Oh, no, I mean, yeah, I think that's fair. I but mean, They could call him Toastmaster or something like that, but no. I think that's, that's <clears throat> why they say bar guest. They if understand I have, that it's If I have learned easy. one thing reading the Discord reaction to the Discord channel being called Business Meeting, uh, it is that you absolutely cannot import terms from the Worldcon without anyone <laughs> having an absolute shit fit. So um, I, I think I, I, I do a, fundamentally I disagree with says, you on that. Uh, I need a sign that says this TBH. <laughs> okay, so I have some... What are, so, so regular listeners will know that I've had a really hard couple of months, and as a result of that, there were a load of times over the last couple of months that normally at this stage, at least when I was on the committee on, I'd be kind of looking... I know it wouldn't be my area, but I'd kind of be getting my nose into different areas of the convention going... Do you really mean to be doing that? And this time I've just not had that time. So I didn't get the chance, I didn't notice that until um, people started saying, Why have you called this the business meeting? It's the bid session, um, which of course I 100% agree with. It's absolutely the bid session, but we ended up changing it to bid session and business meeting so that people who thought it was called the business meeting wouldn't be confused. Yes, fair enough. When it, and you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens that isn't bidding, for instance. I don't the think Belfast talked very much about hybrid. Sorry, I'm answering questions. So you need to, you, what you need to do is, right, when you read comments off the Discord, you need to make it clear that you're reading them and then reacting to them. Because firstly, not everyone will be monitoring the Discord. But secondly, some people, and I know that this is not something we're used to, having only done 80 previous episodes, will listen to this afterwards. And so it's important that they have enough context to understand what is happening, which... Now, we don't always do a great job of that. I have huge confidence about your ability to edit. Every time I listen... Because every... Okay, I'm going to do a... You you can't butch him up like that to cover up your own mistakes. John, John, can we have a bit... Can I clip that out? Can I have a bit of behind-the-curtain music? So I'm going to do a bit of behind-the-curtain stuff, which is every Sunday morning, we get to, like, two hours after we start, and I'm like, okay, well, we're stopping now, and, and that's... We were completely incoherent for the entire morning. How on earth is John going to edit this? And then every Tuesday night when we get the edit, I'm like, oh, no, that makes a lot of sense. It's but that doesn't mean... We were do, coherent. You can't, but it is nice if you don't deliberately make it harder, though. <laughs> I'm not deliberately making it hard. I'm tragically struck down with plague. <laughs> 
Fair enough. And the plague is called ADHD. <laughs> Bridget asked in the chat, did Belfast talk about their virtual or hybrid plans? I think they basically said it would be kind of something they talked about more when they had a better idea of resources and they were very keen on people joining early. So I think it might be a case that the earlier they know what their, because there's never been an EastCon in Belfast, right? And so we have no real idea how big it will be. It might be, it could be anywhere between 400 and like a thousand. And that's a very big range. And so I, I would not be surprised if the reason that they've set their membership rate sort of quite low initially is to try and work out what their numbers will actually be so that they can, so they can actually plan. So if you are planning to go and you have the means, I know not everyone is lucky enough to be able to just immediately spring 60 quid on a convention. But if you are planning to go and you do, you do find yourself in that situation, then I would encourage you to join because I do think, I mean, and we've discussed this previously, but I do think it's important that Belfast be part of the East con conversation as, I mean, one of the four constituent blobs. And I think they said their rates will go up end of May. So join early, join often. Join often. So, so I have not, in fact, joined the convention yet because did I mention very, very busy and also play? Uh, but I would have done had they not said, oh, we're not going to raise rates till the end of May. So it will be something that I do over the next couple of days because indeed it's important to join early. I think one of the things we're going to see is that many of the virtual members of this convention have come in in the last couple of weeks before the con, which is kind of what we expected, but we weren't sure whether it would happen because of the, because this is a fairly expensive virtual convention. It's not like, it's not like a, a, a convention where we're like, well, pay five, pay a five if you want to be okay. Obviously all of the magic stuff that, that we've been doing on streaming and that's allowed me to be here, for example, because, you know, in, for most Easter cons for most time, if I caught COVID halfway through the convention, I would not have been on any further, further panels. All of that stuff's quite expensive. Um, but it's very exciting. And I think there's a lot of will to do it, but there's also this question about, well, what is actually practical and sensible? And we're going to have to look at, you know, how how many virtual members we had and how many how yes. many of them actually spent time online. And then consider, that that's information going to go forward. Um, I believe so, the tech I'll... lead for 2025 is JT. I don't know if anyone in the room can confirm that. JT, wave if that's true. He's nodding sadly. <laughs> um so, so yes, um, I want to say two things, which is firstly, Meg McDonald uh, notes that Glasgow in 2024 has a rate rise at the start of May. So join that first if you've not already, because they also need to know how many people yeah, are coming. I'm kind of an armadillo member of yes. 2024 or whatever it's called. Yeah. And also we have to have a live update, which is we have now doubled our number of uh, attending guests of honour as Neil Harrison has arrived from his previous panel owing to us Woo! overrunning. And um, I don't know if we've mentioned it, but you can buy his new book, uh, All These Worlds, Reviews and Essays by Neil Harrison, uh, from all good bookshops. You know, I hate it when you're in a panel of people or like, over there. up books. Just go and run up to him with 15 quid. Yes. And I think he would be really happy not to take all these books home. Yes. And also maybe start chanting his name, but like quietly. <laughs> Neil, 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 Neil. Neil. Neil, Neil, Neil. He's hidden under a table, ladies and gentlemen. We've done it. He's under the table. Have we ever... Has Neil ever been under the table? Because he doesn't drink, so this might be new. Um, I think many of us have, but, um, but yes. 
Um, so it, I can't help but notice it's uh, 14.41, which means we're 11 minutes past the end of our slot. And um, while I don't mind there are people in the audience who have to go to the uh, closing ceremony, I would quite like to go to the closing ceremony. So shall we do picks? What, in like yes. in, in two minutes? Go. Go, Liz. You can pick first. Uh, you put me in put me on the spot. I assumed that we were running so late we would not do picks. <laughs> All right, I pick. It's a film. It's called Nocebo. It is, I believe, uh, a joint production of the Irish and Philippine um, film industries. Uh, it is a horror film starring uh, Ava Green about a woman who she's a fashion designer. She gets some unpleasant news on a phone call, and we see her being attacked by a mysterious dog. And then we flash forward eight months when she's having um, many unexplained symptoms. And a Filipino woman arrives at her home and says, yes, I am the, you know, helper that you arranged to come visit. Um, and then from then on, it's one of these films where it's like, okay, so how much of this is actually supernatural? How much of this is just kind of a woman who is ill and everything is being presented in the worst possible light? Um, it is about colonialism. It is about capitalism. Um, I think it is quite an interesting little low-budget film. And it's worth going out and watching. Nice. Alison, have you read or experienced anything? Um, yeah, no, I, my, um, my pick this week is Plague, because there's nothing like the notion that my favourite weekend of the year is always going to come with, <laughs> with illness immediately afterwards. And I mean, to be fair, yeah, I've been coming to Eastercons for, this is my, it's not quite my 40th Eastercon, but I got into fandom in 1983, so, so my first Eastercon was 1984, it's nearly 40 years. And I have actually gone away from Eastercon with some form of illness on almost all those occasions. It's just now we're paying attention. So yeah, so Plague, it, it does, it's given me a great chance to experience the convention virtually, which I have not really taken advantage of because I've been too busy running around doing committee things. I'm looking forward to some rest and a chance to read some books and play some video games and watch, and watch the con on catch up. Recommended. 10 out of 10 with Plague again. Alison's opinions do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the wider Octthorpe hostship. Um, yes, fair. I am going to pick Adrian Tchaikovsky <laughs> as a man. So, because I... <laughs> so, because I had to read an enormous amount of his book quite quickly, I, I kind of read four of his novels back to back to back to back. And the thing that made me realise is... He, firstly, he is very good, which I did already know. But the thing that really crystallized it in my head is reading four novels, all of which are hugely different in tone, in ideas, in their approach. Like um, the, city of the, the Final Architecture series is much more action-driven. And, um, and then you have like Children of Time and Children of Ruin, which are much more kind of like cerebral, I feel like. And then you have the Tyranid book he wrote for james workshop which is amazing uh and just very very good and then you have city last chances which is also brilliant and it's just yeah he's really good and i'd not he's just very he's just very good <laughs> this is incisive criticism in the harrisonian mold <laughs> um I, I will say neil just before we do wrap up you weren't here for this but i did just i said i pointed out that we're allison liz john allison and i remarked to the audience that this is an example of an overshoot structure uh <laughs> as I mean, proposed you by you and your essay you just go hello this is the oxford podcast and i'm allison scott i'm john cox and i'm liz Batty, and i'm allison scott 
I'll edit, I'll, I'll edit that in. But for now, thank you very much to the yeah. audience for coming. And sorry, we started late. Will we go to ask any audience questions? We don't have time to ask any audience questions. There, and frankly, there has they to be a closing in, ceremony. They should have put them in the Discord instead of chatting among themselves. Yeah, audience. Thank how you. dare you have fun? Yeah. Um, but yes, thank they you so much. They did actually put loads of questions in the Discord. Thank you so much to everyone for coming. We really appreciate it. It's always lovely to see everyone. Uh, and yes, thank you very much to my co-hosts, Alison and Liz, as well. And thank you again to Tech, who are amazing. <laughs> that was the Octothought Podcast. Yeah. And I'm John Coxon. I'm Alison Scott. And I'm Liz Batty. That's not how oh, he doesn't mean that. He means goodbye oh, for yes. me. Oh, yes. This podcast will end We've only done at the beep. Beep. We've only done 81 episodes. It's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from me. And oh, well, never mind. The theme music for this episode was Fanfare for Space by Kevin MacLeod and Competech.com, used under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 license. This podcast will end at the beep. Beep.